Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. Hi, Dr. Smith. <laughs> How you be? How you is? I be all right. You be all right. Oh, good, 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 good. We're back and we have another guest. And what's really exciting, I actually, usually our guests, like I was like, oh, I kind of know them. I, met, I don't know her personally, so I'm really excited. That means I get to know her today. I've gotten to know her music very well, very well, and, I, and I'm loving it, but uh, so I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited, you know, excited too. Well, you know, I get excited. Well, I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, I know that I'm excited because she's a DC uh, artist, and, and I, we'll talk about um, so many musicians, but it's all family here, so we all... Uh, have a lot of love. DMV, lots of love for the DMV. So, but before we get into all the goodness of that, music tip. Music tip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we should. We should have. Like and he a scrambles, y'all. I'm. I'm gonna tell on you today. He was scrambling. He's like, oh god, my music. No, tip. I actually right. have a, a a whole bunch of music tips. I just couldn't find my uh, file that had them Can't on. Find it. your file. Okay. So, mm -hmm. but this was this came from this week. Um, I was talking okay. to my students uh, about production and I was trying to help them learn how to create uh, strings, proper string arrangements inside of their um, their songs and their productions. And I had to find something quick for them, which was something <laughs> free for them to download because they're students, they're working on yeah. a smaller budget. So yeah. there's an article on Lander, their blog, where you have, uh, they have, I think they have a list of six free VST plugins that you can download for your digital audio workstation. So oh, nice. if you're on Pro Tools Logic or Reason or Cubase, you can download these VSTs and they are string and orchestral VSTs that you can use. And the one of the main things I wanted to to show the students is how to use and it's getting a little, little technical for for folks but <laughs> you know i would be like yeah, well, go ahead, yes. yeah but I, <laughs> no, it's a virtual studio instrument and um but they have uh you can use key switches to create all the dynamics and everything that strings you so that's what i do in my production and oh, i will gotcha. try to teach them how to do that and so there's a nice little there's a couple great free um orchestral plugins that people can use so I uh, will put a link to that in the show notes. So those yes. you all who are producers, have at it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step -step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Banzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, 
stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month. And includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to banzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days. And be sure to use our promo code, MAKINGMONEYPOD, to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, Making Money Pod to get 15% off the first year. Awesome. And speaking of producers, um, because I know we have a lot of producers that actually listen to our podcast. So I I love that you, I actually appreciate your techie because I would not be able to provide (laughs) this to them. (laughs) <laughs> but yep. the female producers out there, we need to hear from you. We yep. need to hear from you. If you're a female producer, if you're a female sound engineer, um, can you please email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com um, and send us a link to something because I, I would love to get a female producer up on the show. So um, I, I know a couple. So, okay, well, you need to... Well, more than a couple. I know some, yeah. some in the, the D.C. community that are um, our chapter um, um, president for Grammys. Uh, oh. Elise, Elise Perry. Oh, Elise is a... Is, she's a music producer? I know Elise Perry does a lot. Yeah. I have... I, have, I know Elise. I have reached out to Elise. So we're still, we're still working on Elise. Still yep. working. If you hear us, Elise, that's a, it's a, another... <laughs> <laughs> another clue all right awesome thank you we'll make sure we include that in the show notes yep so now so yeah like i said you know this podcast has been very organic for will and i which is probably some of the best way to do pretty much anything because then you know when you get these cherries and frostings and things on top it's like oh you know we have a cherry we have some frosting and so one of the things as we're kind of growing and, and moving um you know, I, we, we're both musicians, so obviously we have a lot of connections and we're able to reach out to people. But what's happening more now, which is really wonderful, is that um, different people and artists and their reps and so forth are reaching out, reaching out to us and wanting us to, you know, consider. And this particular artist, I've, I've listened to her music for a long time. And because I didn't personally know her, I said, oh, I'll wait a minute before I, because she'll be like, who is this? Who is this reaching out to me? So it was, it was really nice that her team, you know, reached out and I'm, I'm really excited. She has an amazing, gorgeous, beautiful voice. And I, I really, I want to hear more about the person behind the voice. And I've also been stalking her IG just a little bit. And I think that she's going to fit in really nicely with Will and I and our woo woo and meditation and self care okay. and love up on spirit. Yep. I, I, I felt go. all of that. So I want to welcome, hi, Cecily. Hey, Cecily. Hi. Thank you for having (laughs) me, guys. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Cecily is an amazing singer. And um, really what I think I love so much about your singing and really listening is it's your singing. (laughs) It's a pure, actual, melodic 
voice. And, yep. you know, yeah, she's, you know, she's got her own style and doing her own moments. But I think one of the things that's happening with singers right now is we're losing the, the singing. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> I just want to hear the voice. Just give me the voice. Just give it to me, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Don't give me a bunch of tricks. Give me moments of tricks. I love moments, you know, make me <gasps> a little bit here or there. But that's, I, I think, and, and it was very, listening to your music is very reminiscent for me of listening to actual, when, when black music in the seventies and the eighties, when we, we really got into the lyric along with the music. So I'm excited. If you could just share with our audience, start us off by telling them what, what it is you say, what, what it is you do and how you got into music. Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you. Thank You're you welcome. for that. Uh, you know, the kind words and all that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad that you hear that 70s influence because that's definitely <laughs> me all the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, my name is Cecily. I'm uh, born and raised in the DC area, or as we like to say, Aria. Aria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, how did I get into music? Well, I guess it started when I was maybe. Well, I'll say this: I was raised on music. A lot of Mm -hmm. 70s soul music, uh, 80s music, and also 90s R&B and hip hop. And I'm the youngest. um, I'm the youngest of my siblings. I'm the youngest Mm -hmm. of my first cousins. I'm like the baby (laughs) of the family. Well, Mm -hmm. not anymore, but I was for a long time. Mm So I was definitely raised on the music of older folks, you know, of my parents Mm -hmm. and my older siblings and cousins. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I grew up loving. And um, so I'll start there. I got into music through my family. I think none of them are really musicians, but oh. they raised me on good music. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, blessed for that exposure. And um, I guess it was around age 12 or 13, I wanted to take voice lessons. And I asked my mother this, and to her it came out of nowhere because I didn't really sing in front of anyone. I was in the church choir, the youth choir, but I didn't sing solos. Like I just (laughs) did the back and did my little part and that was it. Mm. But I really loved to sing. I just didn't, I was too nervous to do it in front of anyone. And, but I had seen this flyer that said voice lessons were coming to my local community center. And so I asked my mom if I could take voice lessons and she asked me if I could sing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can sing, which I don't think is fair because if you say, I want to take piano lessons, nobody says, well, can right. you play piano? Right. But she right. knows voice is different. People feel like you have to have something innate. So, anyways. Right. So, yeah, I sang something for her in the kitchen and she was like, okay, you can take voice lessons. And that was That's the start hilarious. of it. That was the start of it. I. I didn't think I wanted to do music as a career. I didn't come to that till maybe age 20, I think, 19 or 20. But it was always my main extracurricular. It was always what I spent most of my time doing outside of school or even in school. You know, I was in all the choirs, classical courses and the gospel choirs and the acapella groups. I was in two different acapella groups. I was in everything. Um, And it wasn't until I you know, really got into studying. I really thought I wanted to be a diplomat and work in international relations. So that's what I went to school for. Um, But after like a year and a half of studying all that stuff, I realized that my heart was really in music and that what I really wanted to do was, you know, just help people, 
Um, mm-hmm. That's always what I wanted to do. And so I felt like I could do that through music too. And so oh. I did finish my degree because I still found, you know, all that stuff really interesting. But, um, you know, I, I had decided maybe around age 19 or 20, I really wanted to pursue music. Um, I don't think I knew how difficult that would actually be when I made that decision. I was a little yeah. naive. Yeah. But, you know, I graduated. Um, I moved back home to D.C. from where I went to school outside of Philly. And yeah. I just kind of jumped into the scene. I started going to a lot of open mics. Um, you know, I started going to a lot of jazz jam sessions, which was new for me because I didn't really sing jazz. Oh. But, you know, I met a lot of people there and they encouraged me. So I kept learning standards and kept coming back. <laughs> and nice. yeah, that's just how it started. And then eventually... You know, people that I went to the open mics, they invited me to do the feature, come back and be a feature. And then people that saw me at the feature invited me to come, you know, do a, you know, a little set at their event. And it just kind of grew that way. And uh, I was really, really, I am really, really lucky that my family has always been really supportive. And Mm -hmm. so while I was figuring everything out, I kind of always knew that, you know, I wouldn't fall flat on my face. Or if I did, somebody (laughs) would come pick me up. So (laughs) I was really lucky in that regard. But, yeah, that's the long answer of how I got into it. Nice. Nice. That's that's awesome. Well, I I would say just looking at that that early part of your life, um, I guess a couple things that I I want you to sort of go deeper into. And one is... How how important do you think it was that these these I guess formal groups you might call them the choirs the acapella groups um, being able to listen and and train your voice in those settings how important uh, and I, I mean it's an obvious answer but uh, I want you to go I guess into how uh, you use those those skills that you developed uh, now and then the second part I want you to also go into. Uh, well, I'll say the second part. Just focus on that. See, his his professorship comes in. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I we ain't gonna remember all. Two though, part guys. question. <laughs> two you know. part question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to do with each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 gonna say the second part, but go ahead and talk about that one. Yeah, I think that that foundational training uh, was crucial for me. I think in particular, one thing that comes to mind is through taking voice lessons and doing the recitals, I was really able to get past my stage fright. Um, Because I remember the very first voice recital I ever did, I could barely breathe. Like, (laughs) you know, it's it's very hard to do anything when you can't breathe, but especially (laughs) sing. (laughs) And I remember I almost felt like I was hyperventilating, but I made it through. And I think that that was just a good practice for me in yep. terms of just getting up there, getting used to being in front of people, um, you know, and, tr- and trying to tell a story with the song. And that was something that my, that my high school um, teacher really emphasized is the acting part of it. Cause I took classical voice. So I was singing a lot of art songs, a lot of arias, you know, and they're from, they're from opera. So they are, they're a story, you know, they're a piece of a story. And so she was really big on understanding the story, even if you're singing in Italian or German or whatever, French, understanding the words, understanding the story, understanding the piece that you're playing in that story. And so I think that for me has, has been really key and has really carried into everything else I've done in terms of 
just understanding how to be in front of an audience, how to really tap into the emotion of a song. And then in terms of with choir, I mean, (laughs) I think one thing when I was, when I started in choir, my freshman year in high school, I was alto too. I went to all girls school. So it was all girls choir. I was alto too, which is the lowest voice part for a woman. I'm going to say, wait a minute. I listened to you. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because I could hit the notes, you know? So she was like, okay, you're going to be out so too. I was like, cool. And I think that that was really useful for me because that really trained my ear. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you sing alto or soprano too, you are usually singing like a really interesting note, Mm -hmm. you know, in that Mm -hmm. chord. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that was really good for me in terms of ear training. And then eventually my voice teacher found out that I was singing alto to <laughs> inquire like, and told me, no, 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 no. You go tell your choir director that you are a soprano one. I said, you're like, a soprano one easily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was so mad because soprano one felt hard for me because she was like trying to get me, you know, to really sing, mm-hmm. get more freedom, more comfort, more stamina in my upper register. And I just felt I, that singing high was hard, you know, and I was like, I don't want to have to sing high all the time, you know. <laughs> but so my first two years of high school, I was also two. And then my second two years of high school, I was a soprano. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh, but I God. think that, you know, doing that really helped me. And yes. even in even in college, I was in two acapella groups at different times. And in one of them. I was a soprano and in one of them, I was an alto sometimes even sang with the tenors. So wow. I think that, you know, it just gave me a lot of different opportunities to try a lot of different things with my voice Perfect. and really develop my full range. So I'm really happy that, you know, I did all those different things. <laughs> I so love this. I know you had a part too, Will, but I have to jump in as a singer <laughs> cool, because you know, I know. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And I hope every singer, the, the, the reason I hope every singer is really paying attention to this, and this is, kind of brings me to my question, I'm going to sneak in before his part two, <clears throat> this whole development piece and the training of your ear and how critical that is in, in whatever you settle into as an artist. And that is like a really big concern of mine right now is how much singers are actually developing their ear Mm -hmm. as well as their voice. And so thoughts, I'd I'd love to hear your opinion about that and what advice, you know, would you give a singer who didn't have that kind of training that you had, you know, through high school? Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people who want to sing right now and they're getting by and it's... it's scary. Lacking foundation. (laughs) Yeah, I think, okay, so one thing I know helped me over the years is that if I have a favorite song, sometimes I don't even remember what the melody is because I'm so used to singing harmony on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, a great way to train your ear and just have fun. Like, okay, so you know this song back to front. So now instead of singing along with this actual melody, make up a harmony sing the harmony yeah. on top sing harmony yeah. in places where there aren't harmony you know through the whole uh-huh. song do uh-huh. the top harmony do a lower harmony you know just like have fun with it I think that that's something that I always like to do naturally just because I thought it was fun mm-hmm. and I think that that's like an easy way just to play around and have fun and get better at figuring out 
you know, how to craft harmony. And that's something that, you know, I'm not the best at as a singer. Like I know singers who are amazing at that, you know, they're like, <laughs> are like, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the best at that, but I definitely have fun with it. Um, and I think honestly, I'm, I'm mad that I sang soprano for so long. I do feel like my <laughs> ear got worse because yeah. <laughs> you're always singing yeah. the melody. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. why they call sopranos the lazy. I'm a soprano too. I'm a <laughs> soprano too, but they, but it's still more. You're sitting more on the melody than you're not as a soprano too. Mm. Um, and yeah, you're right. I do. I yeah. feel like it makes me lazy. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you're you're going into some of the training aspects with your teacher and the recitals uh, because we have students that and I want them to to listen to this podcast and and know that that's a huge part of your training is getting in front of your fellow peers, your classmates, and singing and presenting and and using the emotion and that's I, I'm I'm so glad you hit on that because we have our, our weekly recitals so. Actually, no, it's not weekly here. We have it um, uh, twice a twice a semester, and no, but at Howard, it was weekly, and you had to <laughs> step up and show up. But so. it's it's so important. I mean, that's that you know. I tell artists now, like, take a drama class, mm -hmm. take a theater yes. class, um, because that's how you're going to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, drama classes push you. They if you take a real one, don't you know? Don't take a Miss Sally's on the corner. But if you actually go to an actual one that really forces you to be present and yeah. get in there, yeah. it really will help you with your stage presence. Um, and that was something that I did in high school as well. I did a I did a summer camp. It was like a with my same voice teacher. Um, mm -hmm. This this program was actually through the Peabody Institute. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a summer program. I think it was a month long or six weeks long. And we took voice, piano, music theory, and acting. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that period, we had to um, perform a poem, uh, you know, dramatically, you know, act it out and present it. And then we had to sing, you know, two pieces as well. And... Mm -hmm. To do all that back to back, like to do <laughs> to have the whole audience attention on you for maybe like yeah. you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. As a how I think I was 16. That yeah. was very new for me. You know, I was used to doing the occasional solo, even at recitals. You might do one piece and then right. another student comes. Right. Up right. right. So, exactly. But, but to do that where, you know, try to hold the audience's attention and yep. also feel like it's the culmination of this like intensive weeks of training and stuff you know mm -hmm. that was really cool and i think that it was a good exercise for me to also do the acting portion of that too that's so awesome you're giving yeah. me more ideas you know me yeah. well i'm like oh my I god because i i see so many young singers who don't know how to grab the stage Mm -hmm. I mean, I see mature singers that don't know how to grow the, <laughs> right. you know, grab the stage. Mm -hmm. um, and grab the stage doesn't mean it has to be dramatic. I think people think that that means you got to be all over the top. And that's that's not what it's about. It's about interpreting the story of whatever yep. it is you're, you're doing. Right. I think yeah. it's important also to study your favorite people. Like really mm -hmm. watch their concerts, watch their performances. And that'll help you figure out what your style is. You yep. know, right. like... I determined early on from myself that, you know, I'm not Beyonce. I'm not <laughs> dancing. You know, right. I 
maybe a little sway here and there. You know, there's certain things you can do to get that get the audience excited, but right. know who you are. And I realized for me, like I love watching Anita Baker right. um, yes. because I love how easy she makes it seem. Yeah, you know? and that's yes. to me is like it. Like I want when I what I do to make it just seem like it's a you know, a breeze hitting you. you right, know? right. And I think I also really love Phyllis Hyman because mm-hmm. she totally pulls you in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this one video of her performing Living All Alone on uh, the Arsenio Hall show that mm-hmm. I send to a lot of my voice students because I'm like, look at this. Like, mm-hmm. look how she makes you feel. Look how you have to pay attention to every word, every sound, everything. Right. You know, right. like that performance is heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In the best and, way possible. You and know? her lyrics. I mean, she, right. she, it all fed in so she could tell that story. Yeah. So strong like that. And, and yeah. yeah. Well, I'll take over. It's, she's a singer. I'm sorry. Go, Will. You're going to have to ask the next question. <laughs> well, I'm, I want to get into some of the, uh, the practical side of what, what you did to get to where you are. And some of that um, is you were talking about Philly and going to jam sessions and, and actually inter- interacting with other musicians. And I, I, want, I want you to, I guess, go into how, what, what part of you, or what, what, what did you summon <laughs> inside of you <laughs> to, uh, to go out into the jam session world, the jazz jam session world um, as a singer? Um, and because <laughs> it's a very in- instrumental uh, world plus also you know as a woman it's you know it's a musician's male dominated situation and I, I want you to talk about you going into because I because I know several folks in the Philly area and there's actually um, uh, some um, female musicians that I know who are great and who actually got into the the jam session world and actually took it over um, mm-hmm. But that's I want you to talk from your perspective and as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, it's it's a different different stretch. So go that yeah. time going back to that time period in Philly, what was that like? Well, actually, I never went to anything in Philly. I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> I, I went to school outside of Philly. Gotcha. And I would do, you know, little shows at different colleges. There's so many colleges in Philly, but you know, I would yeah. do different things here and there. <clears throat> but it wasn't really until I graduated and moved back home to DC. Mm. But I started trying to like just get in the scene a little bit more. And okay. um, when I first moved back home, I was I did a couple of showcases and I met um, somebody recommended this guitar player. His name is Pete Muldoon. Of course. I used to play with yeah. Pete yeah. a lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Pete said, you should come to some of the jams. And I was like, OK, you know, so <laughs> I would go first and I would just go just to watch, you know. Right. And there were other singers. A few singers would come up and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is terrifying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying. But there was a lot of people that I met on the scene who were very encouraging. Um, You know, Pete Muldoon comes to mind. Elijah Balbed, Mm -hmm. uh, Herb Scott. Just throwing out names. Just just in case they listen, they get their props. Because I I felt like, okay, maybe I could try this. You know, so I... I would learn some standards. I think one of the very first ones I learned was Bye Bye Blackbird because it's simple. Um, (laughs) It's simple. I do it in C. I was like, okay, this is like as simple as it gets. (laughs) 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 Can't mess this up, right? Um, And so I would go and, you know, I would 
be sitting up there um, counting bars in my head, trying mm -hmm. to figure out when I'm supposed to come back in, hoping somebody would like look at me and give me a sign. Because I'm like, yo, y'all are all soloing. I have no I idea what I'm supposed yep. to do here. This is right. terrifying. I don't know how to end this. <laughs> But you know, that's also what helped me learn how to be a band leader because right. you realize, okay, when I'm up at this microphone and I call the tune, like I got to figure this stuff out. You know, I don't know a lot of curse on this show. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I have to figure out, I have to direct how we're going to end it. I got to give the cues. I really got to go up there and count it in as well. I'm still not very good mm -hmm. at that sometimes just because... <laughs> When I'm switching songs, I get so caught up in the last song, I cannot get my mind to switch to, okay, what's the tempo of this next song? Like, I don't right, want right. these long breaks. I make the drummer do it now in my own thing. <laughs> but, you know, it's important to go up there, to call your tune, to know your key, to count it in, tell them the feel you want. You know, it's just like that. It was a good training. Good. Um, yeah. It was also really terrifying. I still get scared when I go to jazz yeah. jam sessions, yeah. you know, yeah. and I still feel yeah. like I don't know enough tunes. I always feel like I'm going to call a tune and musicians are going to roll their eyes like, oh, that again. Uh. <laughs> but because musicians uh. will do that. You oh, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, they, they will. will. But, yeah. you know, I I try not to go and sing summertime, you know, the simple yeah. things. Everyone's tired of hearing summertime. Well, my you know, funny Valentine. Yeah. Right? My yeah. funny Valentine all the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But I think, you know, it's important to to push yourself out there. And right. uh, and I, I didn't just do that at jazz jam sessions. You know, I went to open mics with live bands mm -hmm. and I call a tune and they barely knew it. And we try to get through it together. You know, like I used to go to the up and up open mic a lot at this venue called Live that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, rest in I know mm -hmm. so many. That, that's, a lot of places oh, are going. Blue Valley. I was going to say Blue Valley just. Yeah. Uh, Blue Valley anyway. is relocating, which yeah. Is, I want to give a shout out to Blue Valley too because, and I was going to post this on social media at some point too, but Blue Valley was the first place that I ever performed at, and I felt like I could actually do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, like as a career, like it was the first yep. show I ever did where I felt true creative freedom, mm -hmm. like that I could cho really choose the songs I want. I could choose the band I want. Mm -hmm. I could make money. You know, I could do two shows in a row and like right. have the stamina to really get through them. And like, yeah, Blue Sally made me feel like a real artist, like a real yeah. performer. Yep. It like yeah. gave me that space to like leave with a check in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> You need to make that post because I, I mean, yeah. I made yeah, a post about it because um, I've performed there and that's like the bucket list. That's the, yeah. you know, Blues Alley. You know, if I can get on at Blues Alley, you talk about Phyllis Hyman, Phyllis Hyman's at Blues Alley, right. you know, these main people. Um, so, yeah, make that post because you're right. When you, that stage is so intimate. At the same time, yeah. they treat you so much as an artist, the venue yes. itself. Yeah, so. it doesn't matter who the person was. They would treat them right. with that level of artistry and respect. And really exactly. Do. I had my CD release party there and performed with so many people there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's awesome. It's, it really is. Yeah. And I remember the very first time I performed at Blues Alley was in 2014. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of my godmother's, 
Uh, my godmother always makes me sing at her holiday parties. Uh, the first time was terrifying. I just watched it and she was like, oh, Cecily, sing something. And it's like 100 people standing. Gotta love family. It's like, what? All, all the time. <laughs> but anyway, so I had been singing at my godmother's holiday parties for a few years and her friend, uh, April Payne. Does I said, I booking. know April. She does some booking at Blue Valley. And so mm-hmm. she called me and was like, Cecily, we had a cancellation at Blue's Alley. Would you like to fill it? And I, she was like, it's in two weeks. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Perfect. I, had, I didn't have the band book. I didn't have nothing. I was just like, yes. Yes. Sometimes you just you. have to go out on a limb, yep. you know, yeah. just go make it go. happen. Uh-huh. And, you know, my mom called in her troops. She called and said, my daughter's performing at Blue's Alley. All her friends wow. got excited. You know, so of course, yeah. My mom's friends came, my dad's <laughs> friends came, some of my friends who could afford it came. <laughs> and it really, you know, and I pulled the band together, people I had been playing with, and it was it was so actually I remember something happened. The very first rehearsal, the bass player I had hired didn't show up. Oh <laughs> he had scheduled two rehearsals, thank God. The bass player didn't show up. I don't know what happened. I never talked to him again. But the next rehearsal, somebody had called in their friend and mm-hmm. they filled in and it was great. But I just remember feeling like this is going to come together no matter what. No matter it's what. It's going to be good. Yep. Yeah. And I just remember sitting in the green room after the show. Mm-hmm. Someone had sent me a bottle of champagne as a, oh, you know, nice. just as a celebratory thing. But mm-hmm. I remember sitting by myself in that room and, you know, I was, I guess I was 24 mm-hmm. at the time and just feeling like, like, wow, like I could actually, like I felt mm-hmm. so good. Like I think about that moment a lot, just a feeling yeah. like I feel so complete right now as my own yeah. person, like doing what I want to do. Yeah. 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 Never underestimate singing at your, at your family's events. Because yes. you never know who. Because look what happens. You get booked for Blues Alley. Come on now. Thank you, Will, for bringing in the, the full yeah. circle. There of you all go. That. Yeah, so yeah. And I've performed there every every year since then yeah. except last year yeah no it's yeah that's we need to do a whole episode on what you just yep. talked about yeah. because of venue you know venues and and their special what they bring and their they're, place, they're, yeah. they're being so challenged right now i mean it's it's i'm just seeing so many venues closing right now that's just it breaks my heart especially for the kind of music that you do and i do these intimate that yeah. need intimate spaces so mm-hmm. that um so we're getting close to our time. Cecily, see? See, I knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew this was going to happen. I have to ask you this, though, before we let you do all your social media. You, you, you kind of dropped voice lessons, your voice students. Um, I've seen you do meditations, live meditations. Um, you're clearly more than a singer. So in this whole podcast, we t- we're, and we're really pushing this right now because of everything that's going on, how much we have to tap into our different gifts and do things and pivot and what have you. So can you tell us a bit about some of the other things you do um, and what kind of real quick kind of led you to do these outside things? Yeah, so I honestly don't feel like I would have given myself the space to explore things out of music related things if not for the pandemic Mm. and the lockdowns Um, because as an independent artist you always feel like you have to hustle 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 like if you turn your gaze away for a second you're gonna like miss something yeah and so 
when everything shut down, you know, I couldn't perform with my band and I couldn't, well, you know, people know you can't do nothing. (laughs) So I was like, what can I do? And, um, you know, over the years I have been leading sister circles with, for friends and with friends. And, uh, a friend of mine had told me like maybe six months before that, that I really needed to start doing guided meditations, like offering them to the public and like trying to do that for people. Cause I had done it for friends and in private, but never, you know, in any type of like more public way. And mm-hmm. so I figured out that was the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if not now, then when. So yeah. I decided that I would, you know, I text my group chat of some of my girlfriends and I was like, if I did this, <laughs> what would y'all think about that? Like, would y'all show up? I was, shoot, they were like, yes, yes, do it. I'll be there. So I was like, okay, at least five people will be there. <laughs> so I decided I was going to start doing uh, live guided meditations on Instagram. And I still do it uh, Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. And I usually post them right after if people miss it. I post it to my mm-hmm. IGTV. And now I've also started posting them to um, Insight Timer, which is a meditation oh, app. Wow. And nice. it started off, the first thing I did before I did the guided meditations live, I started doing, um, I did a, a video of affirmations mm-hmm. just to help people with all the anxiety and the fear around the pandemic. Right. Um, because I needed it. I wrote those affirmations for me and I just figured I'd make a video and share it with other people and people said that it was so helpful i thought okay let me keep doing this you know yeah and so i just started doing it and it became another way for me to you know use my creative voice in terms of writing Mm -hmm. and in terms of different ways to use my voice you know people always tell me my speaking voice is soothing so i wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of tap into that too Uh and it is yeah it's, it's very, it's like, you're clearly a singer listening to you talk. I'm like, oh, she's such a singer. Her voice is just so easy right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, it's really been a beautiful experience. It's been a growing experience for me. Um, you know, I started posting on that app Insight Timer, which is the most used meditation app in the country. And um, the first thing I ever posted got picked up as an editor's pick. And oh, featured wow. on the homepage. So that oh, wow. was like reassurance. Like, that's, okay. That's a message. <laughs> yeah. Here. And then yeah. the next thing I posted got chosen as editor's pick. And then the next thing I posted got put on some special playlist, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm doing something right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I started doing workshops. You know, I did a workshop yeah. last July about affirmations and I had 20 people come. I did a a longer uh, like New Year's workshop called Heal, Refresh and Manifest where we did meditations, affirmations and manifestation practice. And I had um, 12 participants in that. And it was really, really beautiful. So, you know, and now people started hiring me to do meditations and, you know, mindfulness work for their work groups. And next week, uh, a friend of mine hired me to do one for their youth group. So, it's been something that I kind of just tried, you know, because I wanted to try it and I wanted to offer something to people. And now, you know, I'm also making money from it. And I get paid through Insight Timer, too. You get paid for that. Listen, Cecily. You, that's, I, yeah, that's, that rocks. That really rocks. I'm actually just starting doing some guided meditations with a group of women. And 
Yeah. I mean, and I'm so glad you pointed all this out because this is a time, you guys, look at your gifts, look at the things you already do. It's always, it's always in your backyard. You don't mm-hmm. have to go fishing off in the ocean in the lake. It's usually right there. We just, right. we just normalize it so much. We don't recognize that this is actually something really other people could benefit from and mm-hmm. be special. So yeah. This we see Will, so go yeah. follow Cecily. I I've I've seen your, once I saw your meditations, I said, Oh yeah, she's we're on the same, we're on the same plane. We mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, all about the healing and transformation and manifestation and it's all really, really important. I think as artists, this is the other space of our voice that we right, have to right. cultivate. To land. And share. Yeah. And as artists, yeah. we truly understand the the need for that because it's such a Oh man, your confidence can get so knocked around mm-hmm. in this industry. And, yes. you know, this constant game of looking for reassurance and looking for support from people. So I think that for artists in particular, just that grounding work of practicing mindfulness and affirmations mm-hmm. is so necessary. Yeah, huge. Totally. You are an inspiration. You yes, have inspired you me. I really, you, you really have. This has been fantastic. This has Thank really you. been fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, well, I got, we have to jump off. <laughs> we try to keep to these do, and I got we'll, something to do. We'll, uh, we'll have to debrief on another, another show. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys we'll have, so much for having me. So nice to speak with you all. Oh, th- thank you for coming on the show. And, and uh, yeah, we might have to have you back or if, if, if we're doing some other things that we're talking about doing, maybe in the future, we'll have you on that too. So. Yeah. yeah, we've all our guests yeah. have had a spiritual presence right now. So we uh, <laughs> we're going to yeah. have to create. We keep getting signs. Will I know this other <laughs> kind of me. podcast. I know. I know. I know. Let's do it. Well, if you could just share real quick how people can follow you and, and get to know more about you and your music. That'd be great. For sure. So I encourage mm-hmm. everyone to go listen to my latest single. It's called Spirit Tell Me which I actually co-wrote and was produced by Musina, who you talk about. Oh, female yeah. Musina, yeah. At she, the beginning of the show. Yeah, I love She's amazing. Yeah. So go check out Spirit Tell Me. You can find all my music on all streaming platforms at just look for my name, C-E-C-I-L-Y, Cecily. And then you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cecily Alexa, C-E-C-I-L-Y-A-L-E-X-A. And like I said, join me for my Monday meditation series. It's called yes. Awakening Meditations every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Absolutely. Awesome. You got a lot to hear from her. Your music is beautiful. I heard I was hearing Denise Williams. I was hearing <laughs> many. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you love it love it love yep. it so cool. all right will we got we'll, we'll be back next yeah. week with another <laughs> awesome week. podcast and another thank you awesome. all for listening and subscribing and we will see you next week take care take care bye bye thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.